Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope again, back for another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope that y'all are doing well, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And I appreciate y'all taking a few minutes of your day to join me, as always. And for those of y'all that continue to help the podcast to spread by word of mouth, sharing it with others, telling them about it, whether it's online or in person, I'm very grateful for y'all as well, folks. It helps immensely. It is by far the way that this podcast gets out to other people and hopefully is helping our nation, even if just a little bit. So we're going to take one of our little walks today. We have all sorts of creatures out here with us today. Chickens and guineas, turkeys, got a plane flying overhead, all sorts of fun stuff see what else comes our way so we have talked about Abigail Adams extremely recently and we have talked about her husband John Adams some but I felt like this would be a good opportunity to talk about him a little bit more and some of his thoughts on freedom and country and the relationship between freedom and liberty in America and God. And again, not some random God, but God the Father of Jesus Christ, right? The Trinity, the Holy Spirit. As always, folks, because more and more loudly today we hear the false completely false narrative, modern narrative of separation of church and state, the way that they have twisted Jefferson's words, A, to mean something it never meant in the first place, and then B, use it as, well, use that twisting as a pretext pretext to push Christian faith out of our government, out of our policies and our institutions, including education in particular. Which is just completely, as I said, it's completely false. And so I want to go back and look at Adams, some of his actual words to kind of push back against that. So if you don't know much, here's just a little very brief bit about Adams. And there's, I think, a phenomenal biography by John McCullough on John Adams, written, I don't know, maybe a couple decades ago. Anyway... McCullough does a real good job in my opinion. I don't agree with everything he says in his books necessarily when he starts to add his opinion in, but does a real good job of telling history as a story and it makes the biographies easy to read. He's done a really good one on Truman and another really good one, as I said, on Adams. But here's just a little bit. John Adams, 1735 to 1826, was the second president of the United States of America and the first president to live in the White House. He had also served as vice president for eight years under George Washington, and the Library of Congress and the Department of the Navy were established under his presidency. He was a graduate of Harvard, became a member of the Continental Congress, and a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He urged Thomas Jefferson to write the Declaration, and also recommended George Washington as the commander-chief of the Continental Army. 
He was the main author of the Constitution of Massachusetts in 1780. He was a U.S. minister to France and along with John Jay and Benjamin Franklin helped negotiate the treaty with Great Britain ending the Revolutionary War. He was later a U.S. minister to Britain and influenced the American states to ratify the Constitution by writing a three-volume work entitled A Defense of the Constitutions of the Government of the United States. So just a little bit of history. He was obviously extremely involved in our founding, founding documents, uh, placement of particular people at particular times like Jefferson writing the Declaration or George Washington as the Commander-in-Chief. So folks, this guy was there when the country was founded and played a absolutely pivotal role. So before you listen to people today on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or Wherever you get snoops, if you're looking for fact, quote, fact, unquote, telling, or anything else online, listen to what these people actually said about the relationship between God and America. So we're going to go through just a few of his quotes here to kind of give us an idea of what Mr. Adams, President Adams, thought. So this first quote is a diary entry from John Adams, dated from February of 1756. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and charity towards his fellow men and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be. And then in his notes for a dissertation on the canon and feudal law from February of 1765, I always consider the settlement of America with reverence and wonder as the opening of a grand scene and design in Providence, with a capital P, for the illumination of the ignorant and the emancipation of the slavish part of mankind all over the earth. So, just those first two quotes alone show that Adams thought that the best way to run society right, would be for men to follow the precepts and the principles of Jesus Christ. And that just the settlement alone, before America was even a country, the settlement of America was something designed by God to bring light to the rest of the world. These are not the thoughts of a man that wanted to relegate Christian faith to some deep dark corner of a closet where you could only talk about it in the confines of your home. Almost afraid to even bring it up in public. Kind of like we see in some countries today. China's a pretty good example right now. So definitely nowhere along the modern lines that people talk about of separation of church and state at all. And I say this, folks, I'll go ahead and put this in. I was just thinking about it. I say this almost every episode. 
Our founders did not set America up so that only Christians could be Americans. That is not true at all. I've never said that and I never will say that. However, our founding generation, even the ones who were atheists or deists, grew up with the Bible shaping how they looked at the world and acknowledging that if we didn't have people that followed the principles of Christ as laid out in the Bible, in God's Word, our republic would not exist, could not exist. This is a little bit different quote, but I think it's extremely relevant today. One of the topics, hot-button topics, that you see across the country are LGBTQ relationships. And one of the pushbacks you get from people who aren't Christian or people who are Christian but claim to support those relationships or do support them is that the church focuses all this attention on LGBTQ relationships, that quote sin, unquote, right? That's how they use it. But you don't talk about sex outside of marriage between heterosexuals or you don't talk about divorce. And there's a little bit of legitimacy there, folks. If we're going to focus on one sin from a Bible, from a Christian point of view, folks, and if you don't know that, if you're not a Christian, one of the principles in the Bible is sexual purity, right? And, and that takes a number of different forms. You can talk about, really, basically, it all boils down to this. The only place for sex is inside of a marriage between a man and a woman. And so anything outside of that and divorce outside of sexual immorality, I would add in, and I'm really on thin ice here, folks, but any kind of physical or verbal abuse, right? The, the idea of no-fault divorce that's not okay from a Christian point of view. You don't just get to say, well, I'm tired of being with that person, and so I'm going to move on. So there's a little bit of legitimacy from the criticism that you see today from people who aren't Christian or just people in general on the left that, that people who are Christian and conservative focus too much on LGBTQ relationships. But this quote from Adams here that I'm about to read really kind of shows why there's such a focus on those relationships today. This is from 1754. It's out of A History of the Dispute with America from its origin in 1754 to the present time. So maybe I misquoted that. I'm not sure the time is right. But this is from Adams again. And he's talking about the duty of the clergy. It is the duty of the clergy to accommodate their discourses to the times to preach against such sins as are most prevalent and recommend such virtues as are most wanted. For example, if exorbitant ambition and venality are predominant, ought they not to warn their hearers against those vices? If public spirit is much wanted, should they not inculcate this great virtue? If the rights and duties of Christian magistrates and subjects are disputed, should they not explain them, show their nature, ends, limitations, and restrictions, how much soever it may move the gall of Massachusetts? So the deal here, folks, is basically Adams was saying clergy have a responsibility to 
preach against the sins that are most prevalent at that time. And those sins may not be the same from one century to the next or even one decade to the next, right? And so before you let people get too high and mighty about the fact that we focus on one sin or the other at any given time, you could talk about abortion right now. You could talk about LGBTQ relationships right now. The reason you focus on them is because those are the, as Adam said, those are the sins that are most prevalent at that time. And also, you hear people, some people say, well, I'm sick of talking about patriotism. Well, when you have a virtue that's missing, folks, whether it's integrity, telling the truth, whether it's sexual purity, whatever it is, patriotism, right? Then we need to encourage those virtues more when we're missing, when we're lacking those virtues. So I just think that that was a pretty phenomenal, pertinent quote today for a number of reasons, and I'm sure y'all can figure out quite a few of them in your own head considering we've just gone through the Olympics and some of the stuff we saw there. So we've got time for one or two more. This is from June 21st, 1776. Statesmen, my dear sir, may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. The only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. And if this cannot be inspired into our people in a greater measure than they have it now, they may change their rulers and their forms of government, but they will not obtain a lasting liberty. Two things, big points out of this one quote, folks. One, the reason America is great, the reason we've been successful is because of our faith in God and Jesus Christ, religion and morality, because we followed those principles of Christ. It's not because we're faster than every other country in the world. It's not because we're stronger. It's not because we're smarter. It is, without a doubt, because you have really bright people in other countries. You have really strong, really fast people in other countries. You've got all the qualities of a person in people in other countries. The difference is America's relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And Adams laid that out in the first part of that quote, right? And then the second thing from that quote that's so important is... If we don't have that morality in us, then we can change our government however we want, but we're never going to have lasting liberty. And you see that today so clearly, folks. It doesn't matter who we elect. If we don't have morality in ourselves as a people, it's not going to do any good because we're just electing people that reflect us. So therefore, if we're not good, we're electing people who are not good. And you you can see it today. It's so simple when you look around and look at so many of the elected officials and then the people those elected officials put in power, whether you're talking about the Supreme Court or other positions. If we don't elect decent people, then they're not going to put decent people in power. They're not going to act decently. And we can't elect decent people if we aren't ourselves, if we don't hold ourselves to that higher standard. A huge point, folks. Absolutely huge point. All right. That's the last one. I rambled on long enough on that last quote. I hope y'all are getting something out of this, folks. I hope that you are seeing every episode just a little bit more how clearly our founders and great leaders throughout history have known from all different times and parts of our country and our history have known how important 
it was for us to follow the principles of Christ. Absolutely important. It's what our whole country depends upon. And so when you hear people out there on news, on the internet, in classrooms, at work, wherever it is, talking about separation of church and state, not only is it a false narrative, but it's an absolute destructive narrative. And we can't sustain it, folks. That's why we're struggling so much and crumbling right now. Also, as always, thank y'all for listening. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to do so. Those of y'all that share it with others, that subscribe to the podcast, I'm so grateful for that. And the very last thing, whatever your sphere of influence is, folks, remember that you do have influence. And every chance you get, spread the light just a little bit more and push back on the darkness that we see encroaching on our country today. God bless y'all. God bless America. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day. We'll talk again real soon.